Good morning, everyone. Today we have a special guest. I mentioned a couple weeks ago when Norm Scarce was here that one of the cool parts about my job is I get to meet lots of neat people and have some amazing friendships. And Nate is one of those folks. Uh, he and his wife Lisa met when he was on staff at a church in Youngstown and she was getting her degree. Uh, and they since have moved to Columbus. I'll let him tell the story. But uh, he is the director of our youth ministries for the Assemblies of God for the whole state of Ohio. So if you've got young people that have been part of camp and they love it, that's Nate's thing. Uh, fine arts, he's part of that and oversees that. It just helps mentor and equip youth pastors across Ohio. And I'm thankful he's my friend and that he's serving our youth, making a difference. And so would you give a warm sissy welcome to Nate Ortiz as he comes today. Good morning, CLC. It is an honor to be here this morning. I, listen, this is the third service that I've done here, so I feel like family now. So this is, this is going to be lots and lots of fun. And uh, before I even hop into the message that uh, I forgot put on my heart today, I just want to show just uh, honor uh, to Pastor Stan and Joyce. And I know it's, it's very common that we a guest speaker would do that, but it's personal uh, to me. Um, I remember I was at a conference, and I was in the, the youth part, and, and I see Pastor Stan in the back, and he's worshiping. And, and after service is done, he just comes over, taps me on the shoulder, and, and, and we're talking. He says, you know, we should grab lunch sometime. And when Pastor Stan Tharp offers to have lunch, you just, no matter what you have going, you just clear it. I'm like, whenever you're open, I'm open. And we got together, and uh, he's been a, a mentor in my life from near and afar, and so I'm so thankful for him in my life. And uh, what him and uh, Joyce have, have done here at CLC is no common thing. What God is building through a CLC is beautiful, God-sized vision and everything. And so you know you're blessed, and I know you're blessed, but can we just show appreciation to Pastor Stan and Joyce? And I just want to take a, a moment here just to introduce myself a little more and just show you a picture of my family. And so I've been married. We just celebrated 15 years, me and my wife, Lisa. And so we have three boys. And uh, my wife, Lisa, she is uh, just just wonderful inside and out. And I'm so blessed. And her background is in clinical counseling. So my mental health is very affordable. And so every once in a while, she'll try to give me the, so how does that make you feel? I'm like, don't try it, girl. Get out of my, get out of my head, all right? Don't. But it's, it's good. And uh, we have uh, our three boys, our, our youngest, uh, Isaiah. So we have Amari, Gianni, Isaiah, Isaiah. We just recently adopted Isaiah. We are a foster family. And we currently have a little girl in our house right now. Thank you. And so we've just been enjoying that journey. And so, you know, people ask about foster care. And they said, well, you know, were you fostering to adopt? And I said, well, just, it doesn't work like that. Fostering, the goal is to reunite with the family. And so uh, Isaiah, when he came to us, they, they said, can you watch him for the weekend? He, uh, a family needed uh, what they call respite. And we said, sure, we'll watch him for the weekend. And then they said, can you do a week? And so here we are. He's officially ours. He's an Ortiz. And so that was the longest weekend of my life. And here he is. And so... But we are thankful uh, for that. And uh, as I get into my message today, we are right in the sermon series, Extraordinary Jesus. And when Pastor Stan asked me to share, uh, I began to think through what, what does 
But I think about Jesus. What really gets my heart going? What gets me excited? And the faithfulness of Jesus is what kept rising up to the top of my heart and to my mind. And so I, I, we're going to be in John chapter 11. So if you have your Bible, you can take that or take a notes. John chapter 11 will be there, the whole chapter. And so I want to give, I want to give a disclaimer here. If you've never heard me preach before, I get excited when I talk about Jesus. And so I know the youth, they're back from their missions trip. Much love to the, to the youth ministry here, Pastor Chris and Paige. You guys are awesome as well. They've heard me preach, so they're like, oh yeah, he'll get fired up. He'll get, he'll get a little wild. And so uh, they're used to it. And so if you're here, um, and I get that way, not because I like to get, this isn't a Christian pep rally where we just, oh, let's, let's, let's hype people up. Rah. But when I think about what Jesus has done in my life, when I think about what he saved me from, when I think what he's guided me in the past, when I didn't know where I was going, I get excited because Jesus has been faithful to me. Are there are other people in this room that you say, Jesus has been faithful to me. He has saved me from multiple things. And so I, that's why I get excited this morning. And when I think about the faithfulness of Jesus, it, it's a beautiful expression of his love towards us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm humbled by the fact that Jesus would lay down his life for us, that even in today that he knew that he was going to cover all the sins and that people just need to come to him and ask for forgiveness, admit that he is Lord. It's a beautiful, beautiful expression of his faithfulness. And today is the hallmark of his character. I also believe that it's very, it's capsulated very well in this uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. It says, the statement is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Verse 13, here's what really speaks to me. Is that if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. I don't know about you this morning, but there have been moments in my life where my faith has dwindled. Right, I knew God was God, but I felt that I was getting tired. I was getting weary in the faith. But the fact that Jesus is saying, that's all right, because I'm still faithful, even when you are faithless. That's an encouraging word for us this morning. So for this morning, I want us to reflect and remember the faithfulness Jesus gives us in this life. I believe there's people in this room. Maybe you're a young person in this room, and you're saying, I'm really struggling with my faith. Is Jesus really is who he says he is? Maybe you're older in this room and your heart is calloused from just life experiences. But I want us to remind all of us that the faithfulness of Jesus will sustain us from this life to the next. And we celebrate and thank, are thankful for what God has done. And so I want to tell a story that makes, uh, just brings us all together before we hop into John chapter 11. And it's when I was a child... Uh, you know, in the 80s, early 90s, the, the kitchen in my house, that was like the spot where everything happened. That was mission control, right? That's where I got fed. My dad did the bills at the table. My mom, she had the phone that was attached to the wall. You know, you're walking around with the cord, getting all the stuff done. You know what I'm talking about. When it was just stuck on the wall, that was it. She was, she was making things happen. My dad was there. And I remember one morning I woke up and I really felt like, man, I'm just not feeling good. I felt my head and I was like, Oh, I know what's happening. I ain't going to school today. I got a fever. Here we go. I'm watching Prices Riders all day. Like, here we go. I'm ready. And I, I walk into the kitchen and everything's happening. Mom's packing lunch, getting my sister going to school and all that. And I, and I walk in. I said, Mom, I'm not feeling well. I got to stay home from school. She's on the phone. She, and she said, I, I can't talk right now. Give me a minute. 
I'm like, okay, all right, mom's just sick over here. All right, that's fine. I'll take care of myself. Not taking care of me. She's selling phone. She's, you know, telling me she needs a minute. And so I, I wasn't satisfied. I said, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. So I walk into the kitchen. I, I, I pull open the drawer, and I pull out the thermometer, the glass thermometer. You know, you had to stick it underneath your mouth. You had to be there for about 30 minutes for it to work. And so I put it underneath my tongue, and, I, you know, there was no swipe and all that. You know, we're blessed in today, 2023. And so I, it's, it's underneath there, and I'm, I'm waiting. And I'm like, wait, wait till my mom sees. I can't believe it. I'm telling her I'm sick. She's not even taking care of me. I'm about to call children's services on her to leave me out here just sick, burn up with the fever. And I'm looking at it. Sure enough, I had a fever. I took that thermometer out. I went to my mom, and she's on the phone. I'm mouthing her. I got a fever. My mom, on the phone, just puts the phone down. She says, baby, that's a dog's thermometer. (laughs) And if you don't know why that's funny, ask someone after service. And I tell that story because in that moment, I felt like my mom wasn't moving fast enough. I had a need. I had something she needed to take care of, and she wasn't moving quick enough. And sometimes we could be like that with Jesus, can't we? Jesus, I have a need right now. Can't you see? I know you see it. And we begin to do things outside of God's timing and try to get our own results. And sometimes we'll get the result we want, but you won't like the taste that leaves in your mouth afterwards. That's a word for somebody this morning. So I want to clarify this thought, though, there, that you may be sitting here. And you might say, I don't, I don't doubt that, that God is who he says he is. I don't doubt that he's faithful, but I have trouble believe that he's faithful to me. It seems like he's blessing every other family. He's blessing every other person except for me. You might be dealing with some hurt, some difficulties, some questions you have unanswered this morning. But the faithfulness of Jesus is going to pull you through. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And, and, and pause there, because that's where people stop. That's why I believe all that. I believe that he's God. I, I believe uh, that I need to have faith. But we need to continue going. That is, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if we're honest, sometimes we feel like, we get tired of seeking Jesus and what he's saying about a situation. But we have to believe that when we seek him, he's going to be a rewarder because he is faithful. Our faith cannot be undergirded by Jesus doing what we want when we want. We must seek him in the joy and in the difficulties. I would love to tell you that when you, when you serve Jesus, like, oh, your life will be wonderful. You will never have any issues. You serve Jesus, you're just skipping through life. That is not true. That is not the gospel. But what the gospel does tell us that if you seek God, he's going to reward you. When you walk with him, he will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will be there in your most difficult moments. And I take great joy in that. That the Bible tells us, take great joy when various trials and tribulations come your way. Woo! Hallmark doesn't sell cards. Like, oh, great, trials and tribulations, have joy, fantastic, right? They'll, they'll sell cards like that. Because no one likes to go through it. But there's something that happens in our lives when Jesus walks with us. There's something that happens when you walk through someone who's gone through a difficult time in their life. So these three things I want us to remember this morning when it comes to Jesus and his faithfulness. 
is that Jesus is faithful to his word, his people, and to you. Jesus is faithful to his word, to his people, and to you. So I'm going to read in John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sister sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness is not to end in death before the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, we're going to go through this whole story, but I want to stop there and, and summarize the story to where we're going. So if you grew up in church, you're very familiar with the story. But Mary and Martha... Their, their brother Lazarus is sick, and, and after, in going uh, past verse 6, Jesus tells the disciples, Lazarus is dead. But Jesus ends up going, he meets Mary and Martha and the Jewish community that was around them, and it, if you know the story, spoiler, Lazarus comes back to life, all right? Jesus says, Lazarus come forth, and Jesus comes back to life, and it's a beautiful story. But I want to talk about the progression of what it was for everyone involved in this story. So when Jesus is told, behold, he whom you love is sick, he has some unique responses. He tells people this sickness is not meant for death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. He stays two days longer where he was, and he proceeds to tell the disciples, Lazarus is dead. Now, if I'm Mary or Martha, or I'm Lazarus, or Jewish community, I'm thinking, Jesus has need a little more get up and go. All right, this is serious. He's not doing well. I need you to come now, not, not you know, whenever you get to it, not two days later, now. And that's a great picture of us in our faith journey. When our reality is not in stride, what Jesus tells us. There are times where you're reading the word of God, you're hearing the word of God come forth, and you're looking at your life, and you're looking at your marriage, you're looking at your finances, you're looking at your family saying, I'm hearing God is faithful. I'm hearing that Jesus is, is, is true, and he's merciful, and he's all these things, but I'm looking at my reality, and it is not in stride. It's hard to have a level of faith, to believe that God is faithful when you're going through it. Imagine Mary and Martha just watching all this take place. Say, Jesus said this, you said this, this, the sickness is not meant to death, but he's, he's died. My reality is not matching up with what you told me. But here's one thing that I'll say is that Jesus doesn't always live up to your expectation, but he always lives up to his word. So when you think about your life, what is God speaking to you today? What is God speaking to you about some situations or difficulties that you're going through? In our greatest struggles, we have to hold on to what Jesus says. And I believe this as Christians, one of the best practices we can have is to be in the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. So we have to be a people who know the word of God, who know his promises, who know what Jesus says about every circumstance and situation, especially when we live in a culture that's so uh, decaying in morals. There is chaos happening. But listen, Jesus, he sees what's happening. 
There's nothing that's happening on his watch that he's just letting slide by. We serve a God who is faithful and who is faithful to his word and what he's going to accomplish here on this earth. Amen? So when we start looking at the word of God, we have to understand that we stand upon it. We have to understand it for what it's meant to say and not begin to manipulate or twist it because we live in that time where people begin to do that. They take portions of scripture and say, well, I like this, but I don't like that. Well, guess what? You got to take the whole thing. So let not, let's not be a, a group of people who, who, want, who, who want to be so culturally relevant that we aren't biblically accurate. That we just want to appease people. The, the gospel tells us that will be offensive to people. I tell people all the time, I have a hard time believing that God will send his only son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin, to walk this earth, to, be, to walk with people, to then uh, do healings, to be ridiculed, then to have his beard plucked out, a crown of thorns on his head, spit upon, mocked, put on a cross, hung, buried, raised again on the third day, sent us the Holy Spirit. So in 2023, we can say, you don't have to change anything about yourself. That seems like a lot of work for us just to say the same way. But I believe that when we have life in Jesus, we become a new creation. We are a new creature in Christ. Amen. So this is why we need the word to help us to grow and develop and to understand that for every problem, there is a promise. For every situation, there's a scripture. And for every worry, there's a word. So there's maybe things in your life, you feel like this thing is, my marriage is falling apart. My kids are, are wild. They're walking away from Lord. Jesus, it feels like chaos is surrounding me, but you stand upon his word because he is faithful even when we are faithless. The second point that I want to say this morning is that he is faithful to his people. When Jesus walked earth, he was never rushed, but present in each moment knowing his purpose was to lay down his own life. It's one of the, the truths I love about the Christian faith, that Jesus never asked us to do something that he hasn't done himself. So when Jesus walks this, walked this earth, he understood what it was like to be you and I. Titus chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, it says, even though he was fully God, he was fully man. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. We could be in the middle of a situation and we say, Jesus... You don't know what it's like to be betrayed. I've been hurt. Jesus says, I do. I've been betrayed. I had a Judas in my life. But Jesus, you don't know the hurt that I'm feeling. Yeah. I had a crown of thorns put on my head. But Jesus, there, there, there's, there's people coming against me. There's people attacking me. I say, yeah, I know what that's like. People to be mocking you. When you know who you are and you know who God's called you to be, I know what that's like. That's hard. Imagine the, the people in the story in John chapter 11. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, the disciples of the Jewish community, each holding their own perspective of what Jesus should have done. Right? Mary and Martha are just standing there watching their brother pass. Say, what? what's going on? Right? You're, you're, you're putting the, the, the Lazarus in the tomb. And you're having to say, this, this seems difficult. 
the Jewish community saying, well, isn't this Jesus, isn't Lazarus Jesus' friend? Isn't, doesn't Jesus have the ability to change the situation? And everyone has more questions than they have answers. In this story, Jesus connects with Mary and Martha. And they both tell him, if you would have been here sooner, Lazarus wouldn't be dead. And there's sometimes, there's moments in your life where you've gone through something. Say, Jesus, if you, if you would have been here sooner, if you would have done something sooner. Verse 33, it says, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. Jesus is faithful to his people. And I want to say this. When we're going through something, it's very common that we become very self-centered in what's going on. And sometimes rightfully so, you're hurt. You're struggling. There's challenges, obstacles. But I believe in this story, this is a beautiful picture here, that when Jesus shows up, he sees everyone weeping. And when we as a people care about what Jesus cares about, we begin to see his faithfulness come alive. In the beginning of chapter 11, or the beginning of this chapter 11, right, they send word to Jesus saying, hey, Lazarus, the one whom you love is sick. But when you get to verse 33, now they're saying, Lazarus, that we loved you want to move the heart of Jesus, see his faithfulness come forward when you begin to care about what Jesus cares about. Why is, what, what's God, what God is doing here at CLC with God-sized vision and seeing how, because you're saying we care about what Jesus cares about, not just what's happening in these four walls. And Jesus is faithful to his people who are carrying out the work of the kingdom. And I would say that throughout scriptures, when we put our focus on his faithfulness, we see things through a whole different lens. And when we, we think about Jesus' faithfulness to people, we understand that he's a generational God. That I work with young people. Listen, I've grown up and, and I've attended youth and, right, you, I'd hear the common phrase, this generation's coming up. This generation, this is the generation. This is, I, I've been, woo, we've been saying that a long time. When's that generation coming? But we serve a generational God. And I believe that God is looking for generations to link arms. I don't, whether you're the oldest in the room or the youngest in the room, I believe that God's saying, we need people to link arms so I can accomplish what I want to accomplish on the earth. And so what we do, we may not see what God is doing in our time here on this earth, but there might be some people after us that might say, we're thankful for the faithfulness of, of men and women of God in this period of time that we're able to steward what they walked in. Right? Sometimes you are going to plant seeds that you will not receive the benefit from. You will not receive the harvest from. That is the kingdom of God. But instead, sometimes we'll say, well, God, what, what about me? What about what's going on in my life? But listen, it is our job to operate in obedience to what God is saying. So let us be true to that. 
Psalms 119, 89 and 90 says, Forever, Lord, your word stands in heaven. Your faithfulness continues throughout generations. You establish the earth and it stands. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 25, it says, Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as in the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Point number three. Jesus is faithful to you. I want to read verse 38 into uh, verse 42. It says, so Jesus again being deeply moved within came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. And you know, I'm, I'm going to keep going here in verse 33, or 43 to 46. It says, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told of the things which Jesus had done. Back to what I was saying earlier. You need to leave this place realizing that Jesus is faithful to you and to your circumstance and to your situation. No matter where you might feel that you are, how far or how close you feel to God, Jesus is faithful to you. And we often struggle because we lose faith because God's timing is not often our timing. You can look throughout scriptures many times, right? In the story of Lazarus here, Jairus' daughter, where Jairus comes and says, hey, my daughter's sick. You need to come. Jesus essentially says, I'll get there. But Jesus, this is serious. But I would say this. I'd rather have the timing of Jesus than the planning of man in my life. Now you have to realize sometimes a person's rejection is actually God's protection upon your life. That you say, I, I know this is what God has called me to. Lord, help me to walk the path. Help me to realize that even though people are, are, are thinking I'm, I'm, I'm crazy for serving you, even though I'm the only one in my family, maybe you're a first-generation Christian, maybe you're a young person in this room and you're going to be stirred in your heart to, to get involved with LifeWise. Maybe God is going to do something greater than you could ever imagine. And guess what? Not everyone's going to celebrate it. Even when you're walking through a difficult time, and people say, well, don't you, what, what about your Jesus? If, if Jesus is real, if Jesus is for you, why are you going through this? These are real questions. But we have to learn how to trust the faithfulness of God. Because not every time feels like a mountaintop moment for me. 
There's times where you're brokenhearted. But I remind myself that even when I am faithless, he is faithful. And when I'm waiting upon him in the kingdom of God, waiting is never a passive action in the kingdom. So when you're waiting with Jesus, you're not losing things. You're saying, Jesus, I'm right in time with you, even though I want to run ahead. Or even sometimes I just want to sit on the ground. Jesus says, you're not wasting time when you're with me. The Lord's acts of mercy indeed do not end, for his compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I want to close with this thought. That why is it important to remember the faithfulness of Jesus? The scriptures tell us that it says, you know, I've been young, I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. Sometimes we look to the generation before us and say, if Jesus was faithful to them, he could be faithful to us. And we show that to the generation after us. How do you get through these difficult times? How do you go through these struggles? And sometimes we have to say it and realize that how can the glory of God be shown through my life? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Therefore, whether you, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things for the glory of God. When Mary and Martha were saying, Jesus, if you would have came sooner, right? He tells us that the glory of God will be revealed through this situation. Right? There are times in your life where you're going through it, but you're saying, Lord, take this hurt, take this pain that has come into my life and may your glory be shown through it. That people can look at my life and say, if Jesus can be faithful to them, Jesus can be faithful to me. If Jesus can use them, Jesus can be, use me, be faithful to me as well and use me. If Jesus can restore that marriage, he can restore my marriage. If Jesus can heal that family, he can heal my family. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, didn't I tell you? Right? That's how I imagine Jesus was saying it. He had probably a little bit of, didn't I tell you? That this sickness was not unto death, but that the glory of God would be revealed. And that people would come to know him. That's what our life is for. That people would, would see Jesus through us. It reminds me of a story I was... I had a widow who lived next to me and she, I borrowed a hose for her one day and I was power washing the house and the, the hose exploded, completely shattered it. I walked over, I said, I, I'm so sorry. I, I totally destroyed your hose. I feel awful. I'm so sorry. And she was so sweet. She said, baby, that's, you, you, just, you just take that back to the store. They'll replace it for you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I, it's, it's destroyed. I'm like giving her hand signals like, right? You can't use it. She said, no, no, just, I have the receipt. And she walks and gets the receipt. Just take it to the store. And I'm thinking to myself, they're not going to replace this hose. Okay, but I'll do it just for you. And I'll tell Santa Claus the Easter Bunny that you say hello as well as I go, right? I mean, so I get there and, and they exchange it. And I, I, I can't even believe it. And listen, sometimes that's how we have to realize it is with God. That you say, no, no way he could be that good. No way he could be that faithful. And he is. There's no greater, greater guarantee than a life with Jesus. That he is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his people. And most importantly, he's faithful to you. That's why I shared one last quote here from Charles Spurgeon. 
It says, there is no saint here who can outbelieve God. God never outpromised himself yet. So I'm going to ask the, the team to come lead us in a song. But I just want you to take a moment. You can sit in your seat just to reflect. Have you been doubting the faithfulness of God in your life over a situation? Do you feel forgotten? Do you feel trapped? Do you look at situations and there's no way God can do it? He can. He's faithful. Remember his promises. And remember that he is faithful to you. moment that thought that Pastor Nate shared the, the timing of Jesus is an important one I have found that Jesus doesn't bother to sync with my calendar his ways are not my ways and I think of that timing you know you, you look at Mary and Martha and how 
Lazarus started to get sick and they debated, do we call Jesus or not? And then he got deathly ill and they called Jesus and then he still doesn't show up. I think about the disciples in the boat and many of them seasoned fishermen and the storm blows up and the storm gets worse and worse and, and they're waiting for him to wake up and finally, don't you think, aren't you worried we're going to sink? I mean, the timing of Jesus. I look at God's timing in the Old Testament and Moses through the wilderness and he sees the Red Sea and he hears the, the army behind him. And it, I don't know about you, but I would, I would change his timing in my life. I'd have him answer quicker, more often, just the way I like. But I look back and I realize, no, even though he hasn't met my expectations the way I would tell him to, he is still faithful. He's been faithful my whole life. That song is true. And I want to I land on a moment for those of you that are going through that because I believe there are some of you that are here and, and you are desperate to be able to stand on the timing of Jesus. You're going through a crisis, a situation, a struggle. It might be all your own. It might be in a relationship or whatever the case might be. But, but you're like Mary and Martha. Where is he? You're like the disciples. Doesn't he care? And I find that every moment of delay is an opportunity that Satan tries to take to, to put you down, to doubt your faith, to convince you he's not there, doesn't care. But he does. I'm asking you to bow your heads with me. And if that's you, that describes where you're at, but your heart cry is, I want to stand in faith in the timing of Jesus and the faithfulness of Jesus. Not in circumstance. I want to stand in faith, not by sight. And I want to trust him that he is faithful. He cannot help but be faithful. If that's where you're at today and that's the struggle you're facing, but I want to stand on the timing and faithfulness of Jesus. I want you to stand all across this place as your declaration of faith. I'm going to trust him. He is faithful in my situation right now. Just stand and we're going to pray for you. I'm standing in your timing, Lord, not mine. You are faithful. You cannot help but be faithful. You are faithful to your word. It's your nature, and you're faithful to me. So, Lord, you see, you see those of us that are standing, and our hearts cry out to you, and Satan wants to say, the answer's not for you. He doesn't care. Give up. But Satan, we remind you, the Bible tells us that you're a liar. You're the father of lies. We'll no longer listen. And Lord, we thank you that you care for us. We thank you that your ways are higher than our ways. And we thank you that, you that you are faithful and you can be trusted. So as you stand, would you whisper to God, I trust you. And think back over his faithfulness. Whisper a prayer of thanks. I thank you, God. And cite a specific instance he was faithful to in your past or faithful in his word. Just, I thank you, God, you were faithful then. Just tell him one. And in faith, declare, I know you will be faithful to me. Tell him that. Oh, how grateful we are, Lord. I, I'm shaken with gratitude when I hear that even when I'm faithless, you're faithful. And so, Lord, I pray that you will quicken in our hearts and our spirits an awareness of, of how good you are and how faithful you have been and how faithful you will be. You can't help yourself. It's your nature. 
And so we stand in that confidence. And I pray, God, for all those today who are standing, that you'll remind them of that. And that confidence will build, that confidence will grow, and they will walk by faith, not by sight, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Let's sing it again. All my life you have been faithful. Stand with us. Make it your prayer to him. All my life you have been so, so. who stood, Satan has already told the hounds of hell, okay, forget it. She stood. He stood. Beg off. No. There's going to be those doubts. There's going to be those questions because the situation may not have changed since you stood. You just remind yourself he's faithful. He's been faithful. Even when I'm faithless, he's faithful. He's faithful to his word, his nature, to others, and to me. And he will be. Walk in faith, not by sight. And, and this week, then, we encourage you to be with us Wednesday. Ladies, there's, uh, there's cafe conversations in the, in the cafe at 7. West Odd, we have our study going on in end times. That's been a great study. There are other studies throughout the place. We hope you'll join us for that. And uh, stop by the tables and support LifeWise. And would you express a warm, silky thank you to Pastor Nate for his sharing today. Thanks so much, Pastor Nate. Great job. One final assignment before you leave, all right? I want you to think of one takeaway you have from today's service and tell someone you did not come to church with, oh, raise the bar, what that is. Tell them one takeaway you're leaving with today. God bless you. Have a great day.